listening to a Kink in the Chain podcast. Welcome to the Kink in the Chain podcast. I'm your host, Rope Squirrel. Ritzy is off doing Ritzy things in another state, and um, Alpine Lynx is working. So neither of them can be here today, unfortunately. However, I am always, always the perfectionist. I am always here for you. Now, my listeners, I have a very special guest today. We have Natalie. And Natalie is the pen name that she gave herself when she found power in living in an alternative lifestyle and just decided to write about it. D2 Dom is who she is when she's in motion during that lifestyle, when she's presenting, podcasting, or running demos at events. Her style of kink is like rolling a 20-sided die. It's spontaneous, tactile, theatrical, physical, usually loud, and erotically intimate, depending on who you are. She is a kinky, jet-setting, plus-size, pint-height, polyamorous POC femdom. She knows what she wants, and she will use her craft in mind fuckery and persuasive tongue to get it. In her evolution into her 24-7 female-led relationship lifestyle, she often equates her 15-plus-year journey into kink as falling down the rabbit hole and consistently enjoys teaching and being taught new things among kinksters. She can often be found writing her blog, or in features on kinky websites, chatting away on podcasts, such as this one, teaching classes, demos, or presenting as an educator locally in Washington, D.C., New York, Portland, Oregon, California, or all across the pond in Europe. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, especially after that amazing opening. I feel like I have my own television show. I, I'm just, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> you are very welcome. I like, I like to read it a little more theatrical. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Appreciate it. So how long have you roughly been in the lifestyle? Uh, longer than I realized. <laughs> it kind of creeped up on me. I didn't realize that I was kinky. I didn't realize the things that I was doing were kinky. And so I was a kinkster before I knew I was a kinkster. Um, but I, I count all the time that I was actively aware and kind of going after a goal with it. So I've been in this game for a while. Yeah, I'd have to go similar to you. I I, I was tying up people with jump rope in, in elementary school. <laughs> but if I said that, I'd be like, well, I've been in the lifestyle for like 30 years. And it's like, well, uh, I don't know if that counts per se. Yeah, it's like those profiles on FetLife where they're 30 and they're like, I've been in the lifestyle for 25 years. And I, I'm like, yes, yeah, since you were five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe you're getting spanked by your parents at that point, but I don't Not think that same. counts. No. <laughs> So you're obviously a femdom. Uh, what do you get out of being a femdom? What is the biggest draw for you for this type of uh, relationship? I get everything I want. It's really that simple. I don't have to beg, bargain, compromise. I don't have to use trickery to get the things I want. I I hear a lot of my vanilla girlfriends talking and bemoaning about their partners, and that's not me. My boys just do what I tell them to do. I'm very lucky. Mm. 
do you get more enjoyment from the actual service of the person or the acts that they're performing for you? I think it's a little bit of both. I really appreciate service submission and I appreciate it when it's done well. Um, I love all the, you know, the kinky, fun bedroom stuff, all the, the tying up, the spanking, the choking, all those lovely things. But for me to really feel like that is more than just a one-off scene, the service submission really helps build that foundation because I feel like it takes people into a different place. It doesn't always have to be kinky. And so for me, it's more about what someone is doing for me. That's what I enjoy the most. I, I love knowing that someone is giving their time to me. Hmm. Okay. So it is, so it is more about the act of the service itself, not the fact that you told them to go clean the dishes. It's the fact that they're doing it for you, not the fact that the dishes are clean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I I've seen some, uh, tops on both in in all genders say it, it just depends on which side i'm just more curious because mm -hmm. some people some people they just want to have their house cleaned and others <laughs> like the act of people cleaning their house so. yeah i'm always like i can hire a maid but it's it's way more enjoyable for me if a submissive's doing the things that i need how has being a person of color shaped your experience within the bdsm community i'm sure that's very relevant in these day this day and age Sure. So I've like I've been in this for almost 15 years, maybe a little bit over, and it's been an interesting shift of things for sure. When I first started out, I was very often one of the only uh, brown people who was in a kink space, and so it was kind of jarring but it, you know nothing that was going to scare me off because I really enjoy kink and I really enjoy the community and I wanted to make myself known and a part of it and so I think it shaped it in the sense that it's kind of made me a little bit tougher um tougher than I would need to be even as a femdom and also I've I've been in a very unique position where I've been able to help people who are new to the community and who are POC who don't have any experience and they don't have any familiar faces and kind of to be that that connection between like holy shit what am I doing to oh my gosh I'm doing kink and it's safe and there are people who look like me who are doing it too and that's absolutely wonderful it's been a <laughs> I used to run a party a very long time ago. And one of the things that people says is like, you know, that we, we get people of color showing up and they would say, well, there's nobody like me here. And and mm -hmm. I would be like, I please stay. Tell me yes. how I can bring more people. Well, I want you to, it's like, I, I don't identify as that. I, I don't run in those, like, mm -hmm. help me <laughs> yeah. be the change you want to see and we'll help you. I always tell people, if you feel like you're the only brown person or POC at a kink space, if you can, if you can stomach it, if it's not too much anxiety for you, stay there because that's, we need you there. Like people need to see you there so that they know it's okay. And that's kind of why I've continued to stay in the community and, and really try to give back when I can, because I'm here because I want other people to see that it's okay to be a POC and be into kink because there are a lot of, there's a lot of past things that I think people come to kink with, especially POC people. And it, it's hard. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to be like, am I going to do this? And how is my own personal community going to view me? Yeah. And that, that's absolutely wonderful. It's great that you're, you're, I mean, we want to create the most inclusive, diverse community that we can possibly create because, mm -hmm. uh, 
Otherwise, we just have a bunch of male tops, female <laughs> bottoms, flogging yep. each other on a cross, and that's it. That's the, <laughs> but the kink is the most ex- exciting when there's just so much weirdness going yes. on, and difference. Yes, and yeah. So I was, I, I did my research on you, and I and I, I stalked Ooh. you a little bit. Um, I did listen to a few podcast, other podcasts that you've been on, mm-hmm. and um, I had a question. What do you look for in potential play partners? You, you, you sort of answered this on another one, but I was just kind of curious. It's really, do you mean like a, like a one scene or like a continued play partner? Probably more of a long-term thing. So like if, uh, you know, a dom-sub relationship. Sure. Um, I look for a willingness to grow be honest and really play the game of BDSM. I know people get upset at me when I call BDSM a game. Guys, I live it quote unquote 24 seven and it's still a game, it is. We're all assuming these roles that we're playing and even though they may permeate other parts of our our life, the fact remains that if one person decides they're not gonna play the game anymore, say the submissive isn't gonna obey, then what is the dominant to do. And so I'm really, I'm really about people who are committed to playing this long role play game of kink with me. It's why Lucky Puppy, my my submissive, has been such a good match for me. I saw photos of the two of you together. That was so cute. <laughs> he's somehow um, he is, you know, he's everything I've looked for in a submissive. And more than anything, I think we constantly look at each other and we're like, how are we doing this? Like, this is, this is kind of like a fantasy and we're very, very appreciative and grateful that we met each other, but we have, we have, we have really blended the reality and the kink together where they're so enmeshed now. Um, As people know, who have listened to the podcast that I've been on or have read my blog, he moved from the other side of the world as my submissive to come here and be with me. And we've been together for about six years now. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear. I, I, I love puppies, but then it also uh, doesn't help that I dress up like a squirrel and try to torment <laughs> them. So just a thing. You know. It's, uh, it's a lot of puppies. Yes, <laughs> I, I've been tackled by quite a few. of them. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so I, I want to know, have you done any creative like insanely crazy scenes that that or can you think of one that was like your best one yeah I know you got I know people listening are going to get tired of me talking about this but I loved this scene so much that it's just people still come up to us and talk to us about this scene so that's why I'm even mentioning it so we did a scene one year at a kinky summer camp where my sub was a British spy because he is British um and so he was like 007 and me and some other female tops were torturing him and another another boy to get information out of him and uh we ended up I waterboarded him during that uh we had a taser involved there was uh mud wrestling there was racing there was a there was like an air horn. It was like the perfect scene. And uh, I think 
<laughs> what really what really got it for me is this is before we were married so I think we were engaged at the time um, or we had just gotten married and at the end of the scene I you know I, I told him what a pathetic loser he was etc and then I chucked my wedding ring like just off into an open field and immediately like the good puppy he is he runs he starts looking for it it's a fake ring he doesn't realize like it's just some stupid ring that I got for like five bucks just for this very purpose and so he's like looking and I'm like don't come back to me until you find it and like a half an hour later he's like mistress I'm sorry I can't find it I'll buy you another one and I just show him my hand I'm like haha I had it the whole time <laughs> you've just been out here after that scene in the mud looking for a ring um so this is definitely one of my favorite scenes that's Pretty amazing. That's actually a very touching and heartfelt scene. So it, um, <laughs> I always tell him like, people are like, I cannot believe the things you guys do and like how you treat him. And I always say like, I couldn't treat anyone like this who I didn't love such a like crazy amount because he knows everything we do and everything I say mostly is within the context of kink and so it's it's a safe space for us to say these things and do these crazy things together and know that at the end of the day we're still cool as the old saying goes you only hurt the ones you love so you know <laughs> it's uh... I must really love him <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, uh, I sometimes like to scare uh, some people who, who react to like loud noises by threatening to play it. I call it playing Gestapo. <laughs> um, and it, it's very easy because uh, all you do is you say, uh, have you ever played Gestapo before? And like, uh, no. Uh, and then they, then you start to ask them a question. So like, you know, <laughs> what color is the sky? And, and then just the second they start to answer, you yell liar. <laughs> <laughs> like instantly and you just seem like ah <laughs> like they weren't expecting that so it's just uh i i have one one person who literally i she she well i guess they're they now they they jump at every little little noise and so it's it's so fun to be like ah <laughs> watch them go into that fear response <laughs> oh i love fear response i'm i'm such a reaction slut so i love i love getting reactions out of people uh in scenes and in kink yeah well, in that vein, do you do any kind of mentoring of, of people in general? Not on purpose. Um, <laughs> lots of people reach out to me and, you know, talk to me when I'm at events. And so I'm always happy to answer questions or try to help point people in the right direction. And, you you know, my whole idea has been, oh, when I get old, when I'm going to hang up my whip, I want to, I want to find like a protege to impart all of my crazy, sadistic, kinky femdom knowledge onto. So I don't have anyone that I particularly mentor right now. I have in the past though, mentored a lot of male submissives who are new to the scene or older uh, femdoms who are just finding out about the, the scene uh, later in life. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we all we all need somebody to pass our toys on to because nothing would I know I, I can just imagine, you know, if, if for some reason my partner and I like something happened to us and my parents coming through this house <laughs> and being like, oh, boy, he's got like <laughs> half the garage donated, oh, yeah. oh, dedicated yeah. to kink. So <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> I hope no one's going to be surprised. That's all. Most of my all of my all of my vanilla friends know I'm kinky. Um, so hopefully one of them will <laughs> will help yeah so i was 
in my uh, due diligence and my stalking, I did happen to find your FetLife profile as well. Uh, I see that you're a kinky key holder. I am. As a bit of a chastity educator myself, which I'm actually teaching a class at the end of this month, uh, what do you do when you key hold for somebody? Do you key hold with your puppy currently or do you just key hold for others? What do you do? We're not key holding this year. I held some other keys this year for October and now we're in no nut November. So I'm still holding keys and then we'll get to denial December. So I'm very excited to be holding keys for the next 90 days or so. Um, it depends on what, what, you know, if the person's local, if they have a Bluetooth uh, device but so far all I think all of the boys whose keys I'm holding this year are all I have their physical keys I have mailed them to me and so I'm holding three keys this year very nice how do you torment them while you're holding the keys oh curiosity. my gosh so many pictures I feel very bad for them they get a lot of they get a lot of pictures of their keys in precarious places like between my boobs or on my legs or in my panties or I have a series that I'm working on right now I've just taken the keys and I've hidden them around a park that I walk in and I'm just coming back to see if the keys are available uh, so far no one's no one's taken them but I check on them every like two or three days and I also do a lot of task and um like edging tease and denial is ugh, like my favorite decadent kinky dessert we uh, we have a local strip club that's kink friendly, and so some of the times when uh, some of our our key holders have taken their keys there and put them on the strippers as they're <laughs> dancing around the poles, and you know taking taking photos of it, and it's what it's like, you know, yeah, you know, it's it's on a stripper <laughs> right now, like ah, oh yeah, oh that's yeah. Awful. I threatened puppy to uh, wear a cage during our our like co-ed bachelorette party when we got married I was like oh you can have all the lab dances you want but you'll have to wear a cage and he was like no please mistress no anything so he did a lot of bargaining to get out of the cage uh, <laughs> for the strip club <laughs> you know, we we, we we're, we're talking about doing this before COVID, unfortunately, but it was basically getting a bunch of boys in chassis and then taking them to the strip club and, and paying for oh, lap yeah. dances and whatnot. And just like, you know. Oh yeah. My other favorite thing is just to give a boy who's locked up um, that beautiful little blue pill Viagra mm -hmm. because uh, <laughs> it's always tormenting to have a fucking six hour erection in a cage. I love that. <laughs> Especially if it has spikes in it, you know, that's, that's always great. Even better. <laughs> I like the way you think. <laughs> well, I, I, being a switch, I, I, I both key hold and am and locked up in chastity on occasion. Mm -hmm. So it's always, uh, always fun. Um, it, it, it's always a bit of a mind fuckery. Like I'm going to teach my chastity class here soon. I will be locked up and yet I'll be holding keys for other people while I'm at the event. <laughs> Wow. And like you know both both sides so now i'm trying to please mm -hmm. my key holder um, <laughs> that's why i was you know when i first got into kink i i thought maybe i was a submissive and very quickly was like nope and then i was like maybe i'm a switch and i kind of was of the mind of where you are i was like what happens if you're like doing two opposing things or you have two partners who are like trying to make you do and so i found I just really like being mean to people and so femdomery it is for me yeah and there, there's nothing wrong with pit with picking a side that's uh, always <laughs> been the 
accusation of some switches like you just you need to pick a side you're being no no i mean and if you are and you enjoy it then fuck yeah go do it i always say like yeah if if that appealed to me i'd do it too like you get the best of both worlds like you said you're going to be teaching class on key holding while you're locked holding other keys i only in kink is this possible and i love it and the only way it can get any worse is if two switches lock each other up and they're both key holding for each other. Oh like... my God. No universe explode. Don't. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Think about that. So an- another post that I read on your FetLife profile, and this one's a little bit deeper was mm-hmm. uh, you, you put up a rant about female doms touching your submissive versus the, if you have male doms and female subs that nobody touches them. I found that to be very interesting and I had never actually noticed that before um, that uh, the female doms would come up and do that because at least to me, it was always that the, the, the guys wanted all the attention. Mm -hmm. So there was never a complaint about it, but I had never (laughs) thought about it from the femdom side that it was, I mean, I agree with you. It's completely inappropriate. Oh yeah. We've, we've experienced, I've experienced this the entire time I've been into kink. And for a long time, I just assumed it was because I was a young femdom and I hadn't earned the respect. And I was like, Oh, that's what it's about when I get older. Um, And now, you know, like I said, I've been here for a bit and I've got some wits about me. I realize it's just disrespect thing. And in the same way that I think some people, when they see a man with a wedding ring, that's like an invisible stamp of approval. It's like some other woman has given her stamp of approval and said, you're worthy of spending time with. So now I'm going to see if you're worthy of spending time with. The same thing in kink. When someone sees that you have a submissive, sometimes I think femdoms look at that as, hmm, you're, you're good submaterial. Someone has taken you under their wing or, you know, is interested in you. And it's very subtle microaggression bullshit. You know, I have people who want to touch Lucky Puppy's hair. Lots of people are impressed with his accent. I've heard it too much, so it doesn't work on me anymore. Um, And usually it leads to some sort of flirting or some like covert order giving where they're like, get me a drink, please. And I'm like, "Uh, nope, that's not your boy. Sorry. (laughs) And like, he's not Uber. He doesn't work for you. Um, So that's kind of that's kind of my position on it. I think it's some of it's going to be just not knowing any better with the male doms and the female subs. I feel like dudes kind of know, like, don't fuck with other dudes. Like, it's probably not going to end well. Whereas women, I think, you know, femdoms were thinking like sisterhood and like, we're all here and I'm generalizing, but I'm talking about my experience. And for me, that doesn't lead to then subtly coerce my submissive into doing the things that you want him to do, especially if you don't have anyone there with you. It's usually people, femdoms who don't have anyone at events with them. They're there on their own um, or they're, you can tell they're sub they're not serious with because they're all playing with other people. Like you said, sub guys love the attention. Um, Lucky Puppy has never complained about it. Uh, he has brought it to my attention several times and I have, you know, seen it myself. But for the most part, I kind of think of it just like, you know, he's, he's my toy and in the same way that you wouldn't come over and just pick a toy out of my toy bag you can't do that with him yeah and and i do agree that it is a bit of a double standard because i mean a lot of guys like call it you know possessiveness or whatever you know this is my girl woman whatever Mm -hmm. this is mine do not touch and the other way it's kind of like like 
it feels almost like a loan, at least the perception, like, you know, oh, well, he's just submitting to her today, but he could submit to me tomorrow. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be that, that yeah. possession, but yeah. you're absolutely right. It should definitely be get away from my man or whatever it might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think also for us, we, we put so much work into the kink that we do. We are, constantly refining our things you know we do protocols and rules and rituals and he went through over 70 weeks of dedicated training with testing after each one of them and so when someone kind of tries to circumvent all of the work that we've done together to cut the line in my opinion to get the good stuff um that kind of that pisses me off and i'm not short for words so you will know that if it happens (laughs) for sure well, after that very, uh, shall we say, uh, <laughs> difficult note, let's go to a silly question. Sure. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Oh, 100%, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just I know lo- people are against it. I lo- Yeah, I love that question because we'll get some very passionate people on both sides, and yet it's just such a nice, innocuous question <laughs> that, uh, that, you know... And, Although I didn't work so well when I, when I've done some international interviews, like, you know, like one, one, it's like, well, we don't have that much pizza around here. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that makes sense. But would yeah. you put pineapple on it? I don't know. I've never had it. Oh, crazy. Crazy. I'm missing out. What about you? Are you a fan of pineapple and pizza? To be frank, no. What? I love that you asked the question. You're like, no, but not me. <laughs> no, no, I don't want it. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty much cheese and pepperoni, and that's all I've usually do. Um, Keep it simple. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't hate it. I love pineapple, but I just feel it's weird on pizza for some reason. But. Would you eat it if ordered to? Yes. <laughs> that's that's my favorite. I just love knowing that like there's lots of subs who are like, I don't want to, but if someone tells me I will. Like <laughs> I mean, if it would get me out of my cage or something like that, of course. Yeah. Oh, negotiating, yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't eat anchovies probably. I'd be like, nope, nope, we're gonna spend another month in chastity. Nope. <laughs> wow. Principles. But, you know, but pineapple, okay, I could live with it. <laughs> My, my partner loves pineapple on pizza. So occasionally I am either begrudgingly forced to eat it or at least taste the after effects of it on the pizza. But mm, That's how lucky puppy is with lettuce. I have to like sneak it into stuff or make it a punishment for him to eat it. Otherwise he gets no vegetables. Mm, okay. All right. Well, it was a pleasure getting to know you. Would you be willing to stick around for some viewer questions and some news articles with us? Oh, of course, of course. Thank you very much. The article that I picked this week was, admittedly, it just is already over. So it is kind of a little bit anticlimactic, which uh, is slightly an ironic word <laughs> that I'm using. Um, if, In case anybody didn't know, Locktober just ended. And if you don't know what Locktober is, that is somewhat of a chastity holiday where for the entire month of October, people lock themselves in chastity barring a little bit of, you know, release to be, to clean the cages and things of that nature, maybe a little edging here and there, maybe an orgasm, who knows, depends on who your top is. <laughs> uh, but the very idea is that you're not in control of that aspect. Somebody else is. And at least to me, that's slightly exciting. I assume you participated in October this year. I, I haven't missed a October in a decade. <laughs> I love Locktober. I always say it's the most 
wonderful time of the year. All those presents? No, wait, that's not how that goes. <laughs> oh, it's a present. I'm going to unwrap it. Just give me 31 days or so. Yeah. And then, of course, we move into, as you said earlier, No Not November. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always heard it December called uh, Chastmas, but uh, Ooh. What, what, what did you call December? Denial December. Oh, okay, there you go. Huh. Because, um, uh, but I, I suppose, you know, Chastmas has the somewhat... Uh, implication of christmas which not everyone celebrates so maybe that's you know that's a more inclusive thing Um, i never i love when i learn things about king because i've been doing it for so long and so i love when i hear things i've never heard chasmus before i'm i might steal that i I really like it (laughs) it put a little bow on it you know make it make it festive (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we've done that so for anybody who is who is curious about chastity and whatnot, I mean that that's a whole that's a whole podcast all in of <laughs> itself, to be frank with you. Uh, and as I said earlier, I teach classes on it. So and and I'm you teach classes on it too, I assume, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, for for those who who didn't know, I I participated in in October as well this year. Um, enjoyed it a great deal. It was it was a lot of fun. It was the first time I've had a partner that was willing to do it with me. So I was very, I've always wanted to, but my partner has always been kind of like, yeah, like that's not really my thing. Or um, one partner liked locking me up to send me to work, but I worked with a bunch of guys. Couldn't look at porn at work. Of course. And then she worked nights. So I would come home, she would unlock me and go to work. And so it's like, well, so I'm basically, I'm wearing this. Yeah, I'm wearing metal underwear to work. That's just that's <laughs> the only difference. How long have you have you done Locktober or been into chastity, if I may ask? I've been doing chastity for almost 15 years off and on. Okay. Um, the longest session I did is not, doesn't, I, it's kind of unfair. It was When I was in college, the first two years I spent locked in chastity, and I literally mean locked in chastity. But the thing was, the person holding my key didn't know they were holding my key. So I don't think it was really a fair <laughs> thing. Um, wow. So like with no breaks or how did they not know they were holding the key? So what I did is um, we, we had keys to the doors of our dorm rooms. I put my key on there for, for my dorm room and I put my chastity key on there and, and then gave it to them and said, you know, hold this for me in case I get locked out or something. Um only on one occasion did I get locked out quote unquote and had, <laughs> because I just couldn't get it, get a certain section of it clean. It was a belt style. It wasn't a cage mm-hmm. style. My first one was a belt, not a cage. That's oh, ironic. I love but. the belts. I love them. Me they're too. heavy though. They're heavy. Like they're, they're heavy, but I, I love how they look. I'm, I'm very visual. And so the more something appeals to me, it's also why I like chastity. I really do like how, bits look all encased I think they look neat and perfectly packaged and I like seeing sometimes I like seeing what I'm torturing other times I make lucky puppy wear like the dark um cage that way he he hates when he can't see his own penis for weeks at a time he's like I don't know what's going on um because I make him blindfolded while I do the cleaning uh just so that he specifically doesn't see his bits because I know I know it's a mind fuck for him for sure. 
Out of curiosity, uh, have you seen the, the fancy steel advanced belt out of curiosity? I, wow, no, I have not, but that is a monster of a belt. Wow, the cod piece on that thing. Yeah, you know why it's so big? Oh, has it got the balls in it too? It's got the balls in it. It also has yes. vibration and shocking um, built into it. It's electronically controlled. It has a accelerometer in it so that you can keep them in puppy mode or they can stand up. Um, there, there's a lot of a lot Oh my of God, options. what have you shown me? <laughs> they also make a, a, so for the listeners, they also make a female version of the exact same belt. And for listeners of the show, obviously we had Fancy Steel on a few weeks ago. So, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you've heard in length about it, but I was, I figured I would introduce you to this one because it's uh, a lot of fun. Wow. Yes. I'm impressed. I'm looking at it. I'm bookmarking it. Um, I, I love how far devices have come. You said you've been doing chastity for like 15 years. I've been doing it for a little over 10. I remember when like the CB 6,000 was like, that was the creme de la creme of cages. And now that's like our backup, backup, backup cage. Like we hate that fucking cage. We, we use the Holy Trainer. I don't know if you're familiar with the Holy Very Trainer. Well. Um, and we just, we fell in love with, with that cage and that particular style. But even, you know, showing me the, the cage that you've shown me and the devices, like I love that you can have vibration and Bluetooth and heat and encased ball. I just, I, I love it because I know I know in my heart of hearts, it's just guys designing these for other guys. And so I love that guys are just figuring out ways to torment other guys for me. Mm. <laughs> and girls too. And they girls. Do make, and they, girls. Yep. Yep. Theirs has theirs has shocking and vibration too. So it's uh, I am I am holding uh one of my my good female submissive friends, uh Key as well. Um she has been locked up all of October and is gonna do no nut November as well. But I think she's out for December. Um but she's had a very fun experience and we've had fun with that. I haven't I haven't held a key for a female in many years. Mm, okay. Well, they, um, yeah, it, it, they're very interesting. And uh, just as a gentle reminder, my listeners, if you are interested in, in seeing some of these or even saving a little money on them, uh, we do have coupon codes on our website. So feel free to go grab one and with our compliments. Now, understand these are discount codes. They are not referral codes. I do not get any money from you guys doing this. So this is just me being nice and negotiating with that uh, with these guys and they're like yeah yeah we'll give your listeners a little money off so um, that's very nice yeah check I, it out. I want that code i'm just gonna put that out there i'm i will i will get that code from you <laughs> fair enough um <laughs> uh, so my listeners i will link the article um it, honestly it just goes into a little bit of what locktober is and and that kind of a thing and if you want to participate next year or heck you want to do no, not January. You know, it can be done. It, it's it's just a it's a fun challenge if you're into chastity. So check it out if you're interested. Yeah. And now time for your viewer questions. Our first question comes to us from Kevin in Ohio, and I'm going to assume gender for all these questions. He writes, I am really having reservations about hitting my girlfriend. She is actively asking me to do it. But every time I even think about it, I get sick to my stomach. I've always been taught not to hit people. And whenever it comes up, I hear that lesson echoing in my head. How do I get past this? And should I even try? That's a good question. That is a great question. It sounds like Kevin wants to try because he's asking this question. So I'm going to assume that Kevin wants to try. 
I would say, as with a lot of kinks, go slow and figure out how you can get over this. I, the first thing I would I would say is depersonalize your partner as much as possible. Put them in a hood, maybe have them be in a position they're not normally in, maybe dress them in things that you don't normally see them in um, and go from there. Sometimes the, the fear and the anxiety with things like this is because we feel like we're being watched or critiqued. And so it might help if your partner can't see your expressions while you're, while you're working through this. For sure. And my, my advice to you would be to solicit feedback. So from that individual, as you're hitting them, you know, okay, you know, start light, you know, maybe a little slap and tickle. And if they're like, oh, that feels nice. That should be somewhat validation for you to hit a little harder and be like, oh, that feels better. Oh, that feels great. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah. And you, and keep, keep, if you're not getting any enjoyment from the hitting actually, if, if it's like, if it's bothering you, then take your enjoyment from their reaction and their enjoyment of your hitting. Um, I can completely understand because yes, we, as a society, we're always socialized to like, you don't hit people and just oh, yeah. in general. Yeah. My, my thing that I had a really hard time getting over, which is one of my favorite kinks now is face slapping. It's a very visceral literally in your face to act and it's taboo we're we're taught not to hit people but also not to hit anyone in the face but face slapping is one of my favorite kinks now and I had to work through it kind of like heaven did I would say start with spanking light spanking and and go from there and, and communicate with your partner and make sure you're getting positive feedback from them yeah exactly so I think that will Kevin that'll kind of be the way that you're going to have to look look at it how can you get past this? Yeah, just it just takes time. It takes a little effort and takes you kind of retraining your brain a little bit. And should you try? Well, absolutely. If you, I mean, one, if you want to, and two, if your partner really wants this, then I would say you better try to be frank with you. <laughs> but don't be worried if it's not your kink. I mean, sometimes we build things up in our head or other people are asking things of us that we just can't offer. There are certain kinks that people have asked me to do over the years and scenes where I've thought, yeah, yeah, I can do this. And then the closer it gets to the scene, the more I'm like, no, I'm not really comfortable with that. And so maybe it's not your thing. Maybe you'll do it a couple of times and you'll be like, that's not for me. I think your partner will appreciate the effort either way. All right. So Kevin, should you even try if, if assuming that she wants it? Yes, of course you should try, but also understand that you can also farm people out to other individuals. My partner, for example, really loves a really vicious beat down. That's what she really wants. I cannot provide that. I just, it bothers me too much. So I'm kind of in, even in your shoes in a way, but I am perfectly comfortable saying, here's my partner, beat the crap out of her and uh, have fun. And uh, I'll see you later. I'm going to go do other things to other people and we'll meet up at the end of the night. Sound good? Yeah, great. Um, so yeah, it, it may not be your thing and that's fine, but give it a try. See if you like it and move on from there. I think that's good advice. Thank you. Our second question is kind of a, not really a question from Terry, but I thought it was funny. So I thought I would, I would ask it. Terry from Colorado writes, what are some of the best covert public play scenes you have done? Asking for a friend. Um, <laughs> like, hmm, covert mm. public play. I mean, we do, we do discreet public play all the time. 
all the time. Every, almost every time we leave the house, we're doing some sort of discreet play where he's wearing rope under his shirt. He's always got panties on. Um, you know, we do we do things that I've mentioned before, like our protocol when we go out to eat is that sometimes he's not allowed a menu. And so I'm just allowed a menu. And then I order for the both of us or I order from the kids menu from him, which is always fun and humiliating. Um, I know people think we were weird, but they have no idea that we're kinky. For sure. Um, covert public play. I mean, with COVID right now, I, at least I think it's amazing that since we're all kind of wearing masks, you can wear ball gags under there. That's always fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I've done that once or twice. I think my best one, though, was hooking somebody up with uh, vibrating eggs, vibrating a vibrating butterfly, which is basically a, a clitoral thing that mounts right on there. Another vibrating egg in the anus and then a shock collar. And we then went to the zoo and we're just wow. wandering around the zoo. And every so often I, I had all the remotes in my pocket. I look like a, <laughs> it's like, isn't there a universal remote for this? Um, but I would turn on each one individually and, and I'd get that glare. <laughs> that like, oh no, we're out in public. I, I have to not react the way I really want to react. But I think the absolute best one I ever did and uh, I do not recommend this. I'm going to say this right now. Do not do this because I was, my submissive happened to be somebody that I worked with. We worked uh, the late shift and we usually worked alone. So it kind of, her and I just kind of, you know, got to talking one day and we realized we were both kinky. So it's like, yeah, let's have some fun, whatever. I don't recommend you do this, you know, playing with people you work with at yes. work, much <laughs> less. Um, but I had her hooked up to a vibrating egg and there, there's two really close things. So I'll say kind of both of them. The, the first one was we were watching, uh, we were working in a company where we had to watch porn. That was part of our job. It was, um, well, it's not as much fun as when you're sitting there with a tape measure, trying to make sure that certain genital <laughs> parts don't take up certain parts of the screen. And uh, it was not nearly as much fun, but we were just watching. I didn't have the remote on me. I'm just, we're just sitting there watching porn because you had to do QC. It's called QC. And we, two of us have to be watching so we're both watching porn. Um, suddenly her, her egg comes on. And so she glares at me like, can you turn that off, please? I'm trying to concentrate. And I go, "It. I don't have the controls. Uh, so we, <laughs> we go back out in the main room and one of our coworkers who had wandered in had found this and she was flicking the switch on and off. Like, what is this thing? And we're just like, that's my garage door opener. Can I have that back, please? Um, but she had no idea what oh. was going on. Oh, and that, then an- that's funny. And then another time she was having her performance review, sitting with her boss alone at a table. And as I walk by, I flip the switch on and she turns and glares at me, this evil (laughs) glare, like turn this damn thing off. (laughs) And I turned it off, but I definitely, I went into the break room and started cackling just like, oh, that was, that was amazing. (laughs) That's, that's kind of, that's funny. We have, this isn't really discreet play, but you know, we have a lot of, we have a lot of butt plugs. (laughs) We have a lot. And when my aunt came to visit, she was like, what are all these? Like, I, I forgot they were sitting in the windowsill. And I looked and just out of just out of nowhere, I said, Wi-Fi antennas. And she was like, oh, OK, wow, you've got eight. You must have a really strong signal. And we're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, very strong. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just panicked and I didn't know what I like, I'm like they're shaped like dicks, but luckily a lot of them were the pointy 
cone ones. So I guess she she bought it. <laughs> that, that that's some pretty good improv right there. So that's uh, I don't know what I would have said in that situation. I but... I, I just I, I wanted to die inside when I looked and I saw literally like six dildos and plugs up. I'm like, oh no. Um, but yeah. They're just out getting some sun. That's all, you know. They're, it's a, it's the butt plug tree, you know. They they grow. <laughs> One was a tentacle that was rainbow. So I don't think she knew. Like I, it, it, it liked that it was rainbow and might have just thrown her off. It wasn't flesh colored or anything. So, um, yeah. So hopefully her eyesight was going too. So you know, I that was. <laughs> I hope so. So Terry, I hope we got some laughs out of those. Um, they're the. Yeah, there's a lot of covert play that uh, I think the two of us have done. It's kind of fun. Our last question comes to us from Julia in Michigan. A very long time ago, I was kinky, but then I had a bad experience and I haven't wanted to do it for a very long time. I'm trying to get back into it, but I'm having a hard time finding that spark. How can I rekindle my love of kink? Hmm, that's a, that's a deep one. I think... Speaking personally, I've been taking a really big break during COVID um, for a few months when it started. We were like, oh, yeah, no big deal. We'll just, you know, we'll play through this. We'll kink our way through this as always. And as it has drug on and on, we decided to take a more serious intentional break from the things we do every single day because it was starting to be very enjoyable for me it was starting to feel very stressful like work I was micromanaging you might just need to figure out what it is you enjoyed about King to begin with because I've gone back and I reread things that my partner has written or things that I have said or hypnosis that I've created to kind of remind myself of all the things I like within King so maybe just re-familiarize yourself with the things that you first enjoyed yeah the 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 other option that i give to people is that um try out this this can be very bad advice but finding a new person whether that be a top or a bottom is really mm -hmm. especially if they are legitimately new and i know that that's kind of a hard thing to say especially like you know a brand new top you're getting involved with somebody who's new to the scene but having that almost childlike enthusiasm that, you know, let's try all the things sure. mm -hmm. that really would help you. And I mean, it do, you don't specifically say in your, in your thing, whether or not you have a partner currently, then you want to do it, or you're just looking for one. But if you're not currently partnered, yeah, find that new person, get that NRE, that new relationship energy. Um, I think that will really help assuming that it's something that you want in your life. And I'm sorry you had a bad experience. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. it happens, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone in kink that I know who hasn't had some bad experiences. It's just part, it's part of life and it's part of the community. And hopefully you can take whatever was, you know, negative for you to experience and turn it into a positive. Don't let that be the reason you stop kink. Don't let it take that power from you and this enjoyment. If this is something that brings you happiness. Yeah. You know, try out new kinks or uh, um, go to most local communities have tasting events of some kind. I, I realize you probably tried it all, but go and try it again with somebody who's passionate about that particular type of play and try it out or um, see, keep a record in your head of like, if you go to a dungeon, what, what scene are you staring at the most? What is the mm -hmm. most interesting? And then go talk to that person afterward and be like, 
please do that to me or can I can you teach me how to do that to others depending on how you identify um you know there's that I think that's going to be your biggest thing for you so yeah just jump in so Julia I really hope that helps you well Natalie I really appreciate you being here today it was a, a pleasure to talk with you and uh I would hope to look forward to either seeing you or talking to you in the future. That would be amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I had a blast. I learned some new stuff. You have definitely titillated some new ideas about chastity. So I'm excited for that. It should, I, I, I feel sorry for the person going to be <laughs> locked in. And as always. Stay kinky, my friends. Check us out on the web, the web. at kinkinthechain.com. Follow us on Twitter at Show. We don't bite unless you ask nice. Have feedback or want to submit a question for a future show? Send your emails to podcast at kinkinthechain.com.